We are so glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much in you and through you, and we would love to hear about it. Would you send us an email at shannon at hectorfirst.com to tell us your story? You can also go online and give to this ministry by going to hectorfirst.com and clicking the Give tab. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you enjoy the message. You ever know that you're supposed to do something, but you just don't want to? That's the way I feel right now. I'm asking you to do something. Just be patient with me. We're going to stop right here. We're going to come back, sing the last two in just a bit. So musicians and singers, you can stay where you want. You can come off the front and sit in the front. You can go to your seat, whatever you want to do, but we will come back. But we're going to stop right here. Because everything that they just sang, I, I didn't even look at the set. She sent the set out last night. God didn't give me this message until yesterday afternoon. But it's lining up, and I, I feel this so deeply right now. We're just going to, we're going to pause the worship because, well, I don't, we're just going to pause, okay? We're going to come back. So you guys can step down. You can be seated this morning. If you have your Bibles, feel free to stay. Feel free to walk off the front. You don't have to go out the back, whatever you feel like you need to do. I'm not, I, I have no idea how this is going to go. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to uh, the book of 2 Corinthians. There is, there's someone here today that needs freedom, that needs to be free. Um, but you're holding on to something in the past. Um, we're going to talk about from glory to glory, what that looks like. I'm going to refer to the old covenant versus, versus or in comparison to the new covenant. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to read verse 7 through... Uh, through 18, but the verse that God keeps bringing to my mind is, 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 goes right along with that song that we just sang and what Pastor McKenzie just said. I'm going to read verse 17, then we're going to go back to verse 7 and start and read that through. But in verse 17, it says, it's 2 Corinthians chapter 3, now, this is something that we all know. If you would stand for the reading of the Word this morning, thank you. Verse 17 of chapter 3. It says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is... Everybody with me? Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, freedom. That's a good thing. It's a good thing. 
All right, let's back up and read verse 7 through 18. I'm reading out of the ESV this morning. It says, Now if the ministry of death carved letters on stone and came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory. That's back in Exodus. Which was being brought to an end. Will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? For if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. Are you following me? Indeed, in this case, what once had glory has come to have no glory at all because the glory that surpasses it, because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what was being brought to an end came with glory, much more will what is permanent have glory. Verse 12, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Not like Moses, listen to this. Not like Moses who would put a veil over him, over his face, so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome at what was being done to the end. But their minds were hardened, for to this day, when they read of the Old Covenant, that same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their heart. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled face, behold the glory of the Lord, are being, listen, this, this word sounds familiar, right? Are being transformed. It's our word for the year. Into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. If you go back to verse seven or verse seventeen, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. There are times in our lives when there are people. Maybe it's you this morning. Maybe it's been us at some point that we want to hold on to what was and think that that's still good enough for what we need today. But that's not true. What happened yesterday, what I had yesterday, is not good for me today. I've got to have a fresh 
touch, a fresh anointing, a fresh move of the God that I serve, a fresh move of the Spirit in my life because I need it more today than I did yesterday. I'm fighting something new tomorrow. I'm going to need it more, even more than that today, tomorrow. Are you with me? Father, in the name of your son Jesus, we ask that you speak to us because we believe you've got something to get through us to somebody else. So God, what you have birthed in me, God, it is burning in me. And I pray that you would anoint me to to deliver this with clarity that those that are here today, whether in person or online, would receive the newness of your spirit, and that you would set them free in Jesus' name. And everybody shouted, amen, amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Old habits die hard. Old habits die hard. The Apostle Paul here is is trying his very best to explain that what happened back in Exodus, what happened with Moses. He, he, was, he was the one that went up Mount Sinai and, and got the Ten Commandments and, and chiseled them out in stone. That way the church, the Israelites, would have something to live by. That way they would have these rules or regulations, however you want to you label that. But there was something about that. But Moses was in the presence of God. And in order for him to come back down the mountain and to present himself inside or or to the the children of Israel, he had to cover his face. He had to place a veil upon himself so that, that it wouldn't overwhelm them. Are you seeing the correlation here? We've got Moses being in the presence of God. We've got the children of Israel that traveled with a temple, a tabernacle. That was the only way that the presence of God could move, could be there, was be in one place. They had priests that would go in. Not everybody could go into the Holy of Holies. Not everybody could go in and see the mercy seat. Not everybody could, could enter into the presence. They depended upon the priest to take their sins to the altar. But there was something that happened at the beginning of, of, of Luke, tells it from the very beginning, but we, we know that in the, in the Gospels, we know the story of Christ and how He became. The Gospel story began that Jesus, when He died on the cross, there was a veil that that blocked everybody from the temple, that blocked everybody from the presence, it was torn from top to bottom. It was something that happened. Their veil was no longer needed to separate us from God. The sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice had happened. The old covenant had came to an end. There was something new. There was something greater that had happened, that had taken place. Prophecies had been fulfilled. The life of Christ, the Messiah, had happened. 
It's time for us to move from glory into glory. Put away the old things and step into the new things. But there's a lot of amens. Amen? That's right. It's, there's a lot of amens. But listen, how many of you would agree with me this morning and say that, that when, when, when something new that you have to do presents itself, it's not easy to do. And old habits is hard to break. You want an example? I'm glad you asked. Maybe it's putting dishes in the dishwasher. How many of you have a person in your house say, you're not doing it right? Susan's got one. How many, how many, how many of you have the certain way you drive to work? Something happens. There's a wreck. How, how many remember the bridge that, that they tore down in Oak Grove and you needed to get to Atkins? You needed to get to the interstate. You had to go all the way to Moreland and cut through and come out. How many, how many, how many, how many of you had very ill feelings during that time? How many times do, do we have things that, that set in, 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 in just routine? You, maybe you have a special way that you drive to work. And maybe you, maybe you, do a, you have a program that you have to do at work. Maybe it's a new machine. Maybe, maybe it's something that you've done for 20-something years, and all of a sudden they're phasing it out. And here's the new stuff. You've got to learn it all over. You gotta learn something new. Can you imagine the issues that the Apostle Paul was having to deal with with trying to explain the old is gone? Aren't you glad we don't have to offer animal sacrifices today? Aren't you glad that we have a King of Kings and Lord of Lords that died on the cross under His will for us today to forgive us of our sins from this day, from the day that you came into existence until the day you leave this place? God's plan is so much better than ours. But the old sometimes is hard to let go. The old is hard to sever ties. It's hard to start something new. It's hard to do something that, that you're not used to doing. Especially if you work out. How many of you make New Year's resolutions? Say, I'm going to work out. I'm going to get in better shape. I'm going to be a stud by the end of February. I have said that every year of my life. And y'all can still look. I ain't, but I start one day, and the next day, I can't move. Anybody ever been that? Yeah? And you think, man, it ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. I'll stick with the old. Or you wake up in the morning after you've done something that you're not used to doing 
all day, and then, and then you wake up the next morning, and you are hurting in places that you didn't know existed. The old causes, when you're severed the old ways, it causes pain. It causes discomfort. It causes things and feelings to come to the surface that you didn't know existed. I started my sermon this morning, no intentions of doing this. But sometimes we can get caught up in doing the same thing every single service. I've heard of, I've heard of pastors that they do, they do backwards Sunday. Anybody ever heard of that? Where they start with the preaching, then they do the worship. They do everything in reverse. And end in Sunday school. I, I've heard them do that. That's a good way to make people mad and run people off. It's true. But I stopped the worship band after the first song. When they started singing, after what Pastor McKenzie said, what she said, and began to sing the song, I did not. Look at the set. This, when we were praying, I looked at the first song. I, 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 God was doing something in me, and I, I looked at my Uncle Rhea. I said, what, are y'all still singing the first song? I hadn't even looked at the second, third, or fourth song. Hadn't. I didn't know what was about to happen. Maybe, maybe, I mean, it pushed me out of my comfort zone. I wasn't ready. I, I don't even have my notes up here. This is, how, this is how I'm freewheeling it right now. I wasn't ready. How many of you were ready? Some of you may be, I was ready to sit down anyway. But how many of us have thoughts, well, well this, this isn't right. Man, it's not even 11 o'clock. And he's already, what's going on? People still coming in thinking, man, what, what time is it? Am I late? Time change already? No. It's different. I guess I did, we did this for an example to show you that, that just the way that we've always done it doesn't mean it has to be that way. I was, I was I, I, every Sunday I am so blessed to see all these young people sitting in these first few pews. Uncle Ricky's sitting there today. <laughs> Feeling good? Feeling good. It's not easy. It's not easy for them. It's not easy for them to be in the front. It's not easy for them to lift their hands in worship. It's not easy. I'm fixing, I told you I was fixing to say something. It's going to get all over you mm, like stink on a pig. Look who's sitting in the front and look who's sitting in the back. Yep. They're the example that they're, they're setting the example. 
I know, I know, remember last year when we talked, when we did the change your seat? I'm not going to ask you to do that. There are some that changed and stayed. But there were some that didn't. And I, I'm not, I'm, don't, I'm not, don't think that I'm trying to get on to you because I'm not. But God is, I believe God is challenging you to do something different. To step away from the old ways because if it's not getting you what you need from God, then maybe you've got to do something different. Maybe it's to move to the front. What happens if we come, if we had, a, if we came into church, we had a front seat mentality? I'm going to fight. Look, if we go into a concert, Are you, boy, half of you checked out. If you think of your favorite artist, whoever it was, whoever it is, it's not third day. Don't worry. Your favorite artist, you're going to be at the line. You're going to be the first. You're going to run. You're going to knock people down. You're going to do whatever you can to get a front seat at that event. But at church, we don't. We take our time. I got my seat. Ain't nobody going to sit in it because that's my seat. We don't come to church with a level of expectancy because we're comfortable, because it's a routine, because it's, we're comfortable with the old, and we're not ready for something new. We come into church, we say, oh, God, do something, but what are we doing? What are we doing? This, I told you this year, and y'all thought, man, he got soft. He got soft over the last few months. He hadn't been very, you know, stepping on my toes. God just, I mean, here we go again. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, I'm not saying that you have to come in here next time we have service and sit, to, sit in the front. I'm not saying that. Would it, would it bless me? Yes. You don't do it for me, though. You don't, come, I, you don't come to church for me. You don't come to church to hear this band. You don't come to church because somebody, you know, I, you don't come to church for anybody else but for God, right? You come to receive. You come to grow. You come to, to get something so you can tackle tomorrow, next week. You need all the ammunition that you can get because the devil, the enemy of your soul, is taking over the world. Do you all understand that? Do you understand that the enemy is taking over the world? He's taking over your families, he's taking over your kids. He's tormenting them. He's tormenting you. He wants nothing more than to destroy you. And if we come to church, if we come into our walk and our relationship with God with just the half glass full or half glass empty, however you want to look, if we just come, we're satisfied with what we got, I'm sorry, but you're going to lose. Am I right? 
you're going to lose. You don't win. A team that does something halfway loses every time. So why do we think we'll win if we just scoot through? Skim through. I don't know. I, I don't understand. Hey, I, I, look, I, I, I can relate. But I refuse to give up. I refuse to quit. I refuse. I, I, I've seen all the posts from Wednesday night. All these kids... Not just this last Wednesday night, but Wednesday night after Wednesday night when there's 40-plus kids that are on our church property listening to the Word of God, hearing the Word of God, applying the Word of God, changing the world. Is it easy? No. But look, it's an encouragement. Probably over half of these kids don't even go to our church on Sunday. They don't go to, they go to a different church or don't go to church at all. They're getting something. They're getting something. Look at these, look at these pews. Look at all these young, young people that are in the house of God this morning. Changing the world. Yeah. Can they do it? You better believe they can do it. But they need examples to live by. They need examples in their life. They need a mom. They need a dad. They need a grandma or grandpa. They need a pastor. They need a Sunday school teacher. They need an aunt, uncle. They need a friend. They need somebody that they can look up to and say, Hey, that person, I want to be like them when I grow up. Because they're going to be like somebody. Am I right? I'm just checking. We're fixing to, we're fixing to close this thing up. They're going to imitate somebody. Why shouldn't it be you? You want, them, you want your kids to be a world changer? You want them to love Jesus? You want them to love God? You want them to love church? You want them to love you? Then you love Jesus. You love your neighbor. And you love your wife, and you love your husband, and you love your kids, and you love your, your co-workers, and you love your employers. You love, you love everybody. You love the world. You don't say anything bad about anybody. Listen to verse 18, and I'm going to close. So if musicians and singers want to come back, I told you this is going to be different. Verse 18, and it says, And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of God are being transformed, listen to this, into the same image. Into the same image. What I am, though, 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 this, though this guy right here is my uncle, I look nothing like him. He's the better looking one. We may act alike. We may have a loud mouth like each other. I don't know. I'm not saying. Anyway. 
but we have the same last name. We are image bearers for the Pruitt family. Now my life, his life, I know, is covered by the blood of Jesus. We are servants of the King. We are image bearers of Christ, of the kingdom. You're not just an image bearer of your family. You are an image bearer of who you are in Christ. Whether you are or whether you ain't, you are an image bearer. People look to you for direction. They look to you for leadership. They look to you for encouragement. They look to you for excitement. When you walk into the room, what does the room do? When Jesus walks into the room, what does the room do? you've ever been to a Razorback football game I don't care if you're sitting down on the floor on the sideline if you're sitting in the nosebleeds which is where I usually sit but boy you get a view and then look I'm a very emotional guy I can cry on movies TV shows I can cry when the, when the flag is waving and we're doing the Pledge of Allegiance. When they're singing songs that, that talk about my country, I can get emotional. I can get emotional standing in the stands. At Razorback Stadium, and the band that, some of y'all know what I'm talking about, and that band forms that A. And they begin to play that fight song. And those players run out of that A with those flags, the Arkansas flag and the American flag flying and running out before them. There's something special about that. And you may think you're, you're just silly, you're crazy for even thinking that. How would you feel if you showed up at a Razorback football game, there was no band that was forming an A, and the team didn't even show up? You'd be mad. I'd be mad. I'd be upset. The stadium would be full of mad, unhappy people. They didn't come to see the person that's sitting beside them. They came to watch their team. They came to unite together and let's cheer on our team. Let's win this game. Let's destroy the enemy that's on the other side of the field. happens when we come to church
What happens? What would happen if you came to church and God didn't show up? What, what would happen? How would you feel if you came to church and the Holy Spirit wasn't moving? They were just singing songs. And a pastor just read a sermon. How would you feel? You'd be upset. You'd be unhappy. You'd be mad. Man, God just didn't show up today. Why didn't God show up today? Maybe it's because we didn't show up today. Still stuck in the old ways and not ready to embrace something new. We're still stuck in the things of, of the past and we're not, letting, we're not letting God, through His Son Jesus, take our pain, take our sin, take our problems, take everything that we're going through away from us because we're stuck over here in the junk. So when we walk into church, we just go through the routine. This is where we sit. This is what we do. This is what the service is going to be like. And the Spirit never moves in you because you're still stuck over here. You're still stuck in the old stuff. What happened yesterday, yeah, it was good. It was glorious, right? From glory, but you can't stay there. From this glory to the new glory. If we're not ready to experience that, then, then the New Testament means nothing to us. The death of our Lord Jesus didn't, doesn't mean anything to us. It would just be in vain. Well, it's just a good story we read about and we talk about all through the New Testament. The Apostle Paul, the only thing, his ministry was pointing people to Christ. In several of his letters, he, he talks about the mysterious gospel because it's hard to understand. It's hard to fathom. It's hard to grasp that there is a God that sent his son to go through all of that. So what verse 17 says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. He that the Son sets free is free indeed. I'm just, let, me, I'll, let me just say this, and you can take it for what it's worth. You can be mad at me. You don't have to be mad at me. You can be mad at God. What would happen? What, what would happen in your life if you came to church every single time expecting God. Expecting a move. Expecting that miracle that you've been praying for. Expecting that answer to prayer that you've been praying for for weeks, for months, for years. How would, how would it be 
if we fought over the front seats I'm not questioning your love for God don't don't misunderstand me and don't don't try to put words in my mouth I'm just giving you what God's given me believe me these are one of those that I don't like that's why I'm wearing a coat so you can't see my sweat stains what would happen what does it take what's it going to take for you to be challenged what's it going to take for you to wake up what's it going to take for you to see or to understand hey man there's more to this than what I'm getting there's more to this than the way I'm living there's more to this there's answers to your prayers I'm telling you I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm being honest your, if you want answers to your prayers get closer to God that mean getting closer to the front I don't know is there something distracting you where you're sitting now well I'm just I'm just unloading it all right I don't I don't know where this is coming from but there are things that you have got to cut loose in order to get where you need to be so don't come complaining when God hasn't answered your prayer when you're staying where you're at physically spiritually you put it however you want to put it you want change change you want God to move you move you want God to answer answer him by saying yes I will do I will go I will be obedient I will fulfill everything though it's uncomfortable look Paul look at all these conversations greatest missionary ever recorded some of the hardest conversations he ever had to have some of the hardest sermons he ever preached to the most hard-headedest churches in history and if you look at those churches some of those are very mirror example of the church of today You want God to move? You want God to change? You want God to answer? You want God to fulfill? It's going to take you making the move. If you want the new glory, if you want to move from glory to glory, old habits, yeah, they die hard. But what's the other saying? The bigger they are, the harder they fall. The louder the noise it is. And when the louder the noise happens, the enemy gets shook. He gets scared. Look at the life, look at the story of David and Goliath. The entire army that was behind Goliath ran away. The enemy knows if he can intimidate you, if he can scare you, he will defeat you and he will destroy you. But the Bible says, greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. So this morning, it's this simple. If you're tired of what you're experiencing, if you're tired of not getting what you've been praying for, I'm going to challenge you to move. 
I'm going to challenge you to stand up where you're at and come and stand across in front of this sanctuary. We're going to worship this morning. We're not going to worship like, like we've been doing, like we, like we do on a typical Sunday. We're not going to just stand and just, just twiddle our thumbs or raise our hands or whatever. I don't know what you do because you're behind me. But I want to challenge you to make a move. Do something different. Do something different. If you need God to move, I want you to come. You don't need somebody to pray for you. You don't need somebody to lay hands on you. You just need to get into the presence of God. You and you alone. Let God do it. Not their words, not my words, but let the power of the living God move in you and through you today. So I'm going to challenge you. As they start singing, I want you to stand and move to the front of this place and let's worship for the next few moments of time.